I've spent the last 12 years trying to find the ultimate model to run a chiropractic business, and I think I discovered it. The Clinic Gym Hybrid Model, where you integrate fitness with the great care that chiropractic offices offer. Now, I perfected that model, and I sold that business last year. Now I've gone full-time into discovering how to help others build the same model in their practice, and I have the goal of 100 hybrid clinics starting up in the next year. So follow along as we interview the greatest guests, thought leaders in our space here, and discover the ways to perfect this model so that you can run an amazing business that also contributes to your time off, increased pay, and increased fulfillment by doing the care that you truly believe in. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley, and this is Clinic Gym Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Satterley. It's my pleasure today to be joined by Benad Anarbash. Benad, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me, Josh. Hey, it's my pleasure. Now, Benad, is, uh, as we record this, is basking in beautiful... Uh, British Columbia. We'll get into that in a second because you're pulling off something that a lot of people in clinical practice never do, which is vacation, right? But real quick, uh, let's kind of give everybody, but I feel like you need a better agent because I think you're like the most successful, best clinician that nobody's ever heard of. Maybe I guess in Vancouver, it's a little different, but nationally, I'm like, you know, Benad, and people like look at me cross on. I'm like, how can you not know that guy's amazing? So can you give everybody a little bit of background of who you are and kind of how you came up? Yeah, so I'm uh, based in Vancouver, British Columbia, as you sort of alluded to, British, beautiful uh, British Columbia, and I'm actually spending the next couple of weeks in uh, Whistler. Uh, many people have uh, had some time either in the summertime or winter uh, skiing up here or enjoying the mountain biking in the lakes. Uh, yeah, I've got a multi-disciplinary uh, clinic in uh, Vancouver, right downtown, called Fit to Train, and we've got... Uh, uh, massage therapists and physical therapists and osteopaths and exercise physiologists, Chinese medicine doctors, naturopathic doctors. So we've got the whole gamut. Uh, hopefully soon we'll, uh, we'll have chiropractic in there as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah, we've, we've got a nice setup uh, where, you know, we truly try and um, integrate everyone into the, the patient care and uh, every client that walks in to our office uh, may see one or uh, multiple clinicians for the, for their care for the same problem. Yeah, so we've been doing that since 2010, and uh, we're we're having a lot of fun. Nice, and you're also an instructor. That's how you and I met. You're a SFMA instructor, right? And yes, and FMS, and anything else? Yeah, I've been I've been doing some I've been doing work with uh, functional movement systems and with the FMS and SFMA uh, courses uh, since 2008, and uh, you know I've had the pleasure of obviously. Uh, teaching with you, Josh, and as well as uh, the, the rest of the crew. Yeah, and I do some um, uh, smaller group uh, clinical integration mentorships as well uh, in Vancouver at our clinic where we take, you know, up to eight clinicians, uh, and we, we have some real fun for four, four, four to five days I'm trying to kind of put together all the clinical pearls that everyone uh, has learned and in you know, in relation to functional movement systems and and the movement biomarkers, they learn to the biopsychosocial aspect of clinical care to how do you work with other people on the team. So, yeah. So that's kind of like a for the clinician that is like, hey, listen, I think I'm pretty damn good with this SFMA, and I pretty damn good with rehab, and I understand where the FMS rolls. If you're at that level and you're like, what's next? That clinical integration mentorship is for those people. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you gotta you gotta know your stuff when you come in. We 
it's not necessarily we give you a lot of new information. We mm-hmm. pull information from you. And uh, we really put everything into, into practice. And, you know, we've got four days and uh, we generally match each clinician with another clinician in the group. And you're actually mm-hmm. treating and training that same person for four days. So there's a lot of tests, retests, treat, reassess. And uh, it's not, you know, a lot of times when you know, deal with the psychosocial factors of them getting angry at you and <laughs> exactly. having to be around you, and right? In, in a weekend course situation, you're giving a lot of information. There's some lab time, but, you know, a lot of times you're practicing techniques or treatment uh, modalities on people that don't actually need that, but you're just doing it just to go through the, through the motions. Sure. But, uh, yeah. you know, from the start, you, you, get, you get a case study that's live and right there in front of you. And, uh, you, you know, you try and uh, help each other out over the four days and make some big changes. Yeah, that's awesome. So it's not for the person that just took SFMA two weeks ago, but if you think you've mastered it, I know there's some people listening to this that, that I know have, you know, they're, they're pretty well topped out. This would be an excellent opportunity for you. How can they get into that, by the way? How can they uh, find out about it? Yeah, we just, we usually, because uh, of uh, sort of work schedules and my travel mm-hmm. schedule and family schedule, uh, we usually try and run the course uh, men- mentorship twice a year. Usually we'll have like something in the spring and something in the fall. Um, but, you know, once the dates are set, we kind of take the, the first uh, eight that sign up and we roll from there. Now, in terms of like to, to get into the program, uh, you just got to send us an email, info at fittotrain.com. And uh, we put you on the list. And when we have dates, um, we email everybody on that list and you just, you just got to hope that you're not uh, off the grid. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Nice. Well, uh, what I really want to dive into here is I've been to your facility up there in Vancouver. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, I believe you've expanded since I've been there. Um, oh yeah. You haven't seen the new space. Uh, yeah. We had, uh, what you saw was about 2,800 square feet. We're up to 4,000 okay. square okay. feet. Uh, and how many, how many, um, not just clinicians, but how many, people working with clients do you have on the team? Yeah, our team is uh, up to 14 people now. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we've got, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we've got physical therapists, massage therapists, exercise physiologists, uh, movement coaching, uh, nutrition. Uh, We've got uh, Chinese medicine doctors. Osteopaths. Osteopaths. Yeah, so it's a real integrated you know, I, I, Tom Plummer once said, it's like a good business is like the Apple store where you have the iMac for whatever that is, $5,000. And then you have like the MacBook Pro for $3,000. And then you have the MacBook for 2000 all the way down to like an iPod shuffle for 50 bucks, right? Like you're well-defined. And I think one of the things I appreciate about your business model is you have a well-defined system from the bottom to the top or top to bottom, Right. So if they come in to see the osteopath, you being that osteopath, you have multiple selections to go. Does this person primarily need after me strength training, Chinese medicine, massage, or some combination of those things, right? Yeah. And, you know, the fun part is a lot of times what ends up happening is different clinicians will be working on the same clients in the same sort of week, you know? Right. Uh, and in fact, we've had situations where we've had two clinicians in the room with a client wow. just so that, you know, they, they bounce ideas off each other that you got, you know, four set of eyes and two set of brains and, and clients really appreciate that. Um, 
and especially like it especially helps with the transition now it's not always practical to do this in terms of you know clinician times and but uh if we know that uh it's needed we we definitely make sure we tee it up so uh it's a it's a smooth handoff if you will and yeah, sometimes you know i might see someone and hand them off to another team member and then you know circle back in about three weeks once they've had some work with that clinician I think that there's definitely some intimidation on the side of the patient as well. Like when they get that handoff, if there's too big of a gap between who they saw and who they got referred to, oftentimes it feels to them like they got thrown out in the ocean, you know, with a life preserver. It's like, well, I know this is what I'm supposed to be able to do, but I I don't know how this, you know, I feel like there's missing steps. Impressing me about your model is the steps are very gradual, right? Oh yeah, no, for sure. And you know, like I was going to say too, I think the biggest part of why it works is, you know, many years ago when I started this, I decided that in order to provide better care, in my Mm -hmm. opinion, Mm -hmm. we needed time. And when we have that time with the clients, a big part of what we do is we educate them. Mm -hmm. We educate them about, you know, our plan, give them an opportunity to, you know, uh, contribute to the plan. We really get to know them, their lifestyle, what they're going to do, what they're willing to do, what they are hoping to do. And, you know, a lot of people are worried about, you know, spending an hour with the clients because, you know, that might not be good for business. In fact, it's been the best thing for our business. You know, we've, we've never felt that, oh, we're just not pumping enough people through the doors. And once the client leaves after that hour, they have more information, they're educated, they understand what the problem is, what they need to do, how they're going to need to contribute to this plan. And we make it very clear that, you know, almost 90% of what gets people back on track happens outside the clinic doors. So, you know, if they spend an hour with me, the, the, the other 23 hours in that day are even more important. By having that time, it allows us to, first of all, integrate different clinicians in the room and also spend the time to educate the clients so that they are leaving with some confidence. And, you know, clients want to do their exercises, but if they don't understand why they need to spend the time doing them, it's not going to work. So I think that's that's been one of the, biggest assets that we've had is just the luxury of time. And, uh, you know, it it was, I was afraid to do it at first, but I kind of just jumped in feet first and we were lucky enough that the model worked and I'm actually seeing more and more businesses, clinicians and clinics follow the same model. You know, you're no longer seeing clinicians that see, you know, four to six patients an hour. You know, they're going at least 45 minutes for initial eval to half an hour follow-up. And by the way, like, we don't need to keep the client in the room for an hour if we don't need it. And we just use partial, you know, part of that time. Um, but I think, you know, going back to your question, I don't want to go off to too much tangent here, but the way we make sure that things are progressed gradually is the client understands what's happening, you know, and, and you know this better than anybody, you know, a chiropractor and a physical therapist, they're kind of, they're they're working on the same people, the same bodies. You know, a lot of our modalities cross paths, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, if you've got a injured knee, you know, both those clinicians should be able to deal with it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think it comes down to the 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 degree that you have. It comes down to the skill sets and the mm-hmm. toolbox, and you know, um, so because there is that crossover, we just all got to make sure we're on the same page, and and. Uh, the, the communication with the client is standardized. The communication between clinicians is standardized. You know, thankfully nowadays with uh, EMRs and online charting systems, you can just 
you know, communicates uh, easily. And, uh, you know, I, I, you and I were talking earlier, you know, anything important in the subjective history is from birthdays to recent vacations to things people enjoy to things people are afraid of, uh, all those little things to make so, it. A- so on that point, before the, we hit record, you're saying that in the subjective notes, you will communicate to other members of your office important points, right? So the front desk communicates some things. Can you kind of go into that? Because I, I don't want to brush over that. I think that's a huge Yeah, tip. yeah, no, for sure. So, so we, uh, we make sure that, you know, as simple as if, if it's someone's birthday and the front mm-hmm. desk uh, individual uh, is the first person that realizes that, they will, they will actually put that in the, in the chart as a note attached. Hey, heads up, everyone. It's uh, Joe Smith's uh, birthday today. So, so you know, and, and people like to hear things about themselves. And, you know, how cool is it to walk in and you haven't said a word to anybody and all of a sudden everyone's wishing you a happy birthday or you just got back from a trip around the world and people are asking about it or, you know, one of your loved ones ended up in the hospital after accidents. You know, it's, uh, you know, and that's important. That's, that just takes a layer off and makes the person um, a little bit more comfortable and it makes the session a little bit more personalized. And hey, before we start, I heard, uh, you know, your, your sister broke her leg. How is she doing? You know, I know this is your session, but I just want to make sure like, you know, family's doing well. And, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that. You know, it's all those little things that you sprinkle on to that session. As clinicians, we're, we're not surgeons, so we don't fix things. We facilitate that path to healing. And uh, the more someone can trust you, you know, it's crazy to think like, you know, if you actually think about it, we literally sometimes meet people for the first time. And the next thing we're, you know, assessing their body, you know, we're putting hands on them. If, if you went up to someone in the street and said, Hey, can I mobilize your hip? Why don't you just lay down on the sidewalk here? They would, you know, the, the police will be there in no, in no time <laughs> and you'll be in handcuffs. So, well, maybe in Vancouver, here in Vegas, like they no, won't even, good. they won't bat an eye. <laughs> no, but you know, what I'm trying to say is like, we, yeah. we've got to, we've got to, well, it's like, it. I mean, a micro version of that is in the FMS, there is a neurodevelopmental sequence to the test we do check mobility first and stability, then, then combine patterns. But that's not the way we teach people to do it. We rather teach, Hey, start with the squat because they're standing up in front of you. They're doing a move and it's not very threatening. If you want to start with, hey, do the trunk stability push-up or something, like you're just that little difference. The interactions be totally different if that's your first session with this person. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. It's just like the psychology of, you know, human interaction, you know, the yeah. human behavior, like understanding human behavior is the key to being a good clinician, in my opinion. I mean, I've got yeah, lots of tools, you know, Josh, I'm a course junkie, mm-hmm. plus, plus, plus. Mm-hmm. But some of the most powerful tools in my toolbox is, you know, and I'm, and I'm an eighth of the way there, uh, tenth of the way there, but just understanding how to behave around different people and what to do to put them at ease and get them on, on your side and get them excited and motivated. And we all know what happens from a chemical standpoint in the body when someone is uh, motivated and excited to get better. So all that stuff's important. And Since I know you're a little bit of a researcher. You should do a a thing with have like patients come in, fill out like, you know, an Oswestry or NDI or something, and then have your staff interact with them for five minutes about like their birthday. And Hey, I heard you got a new dog. Oh, that's blah, blah, blah. And then tell them that you lost the NDI, you know, or Oswestry and ask them to fill it out again. I, and just yeah, yeah. compare. Yeah. 
That would be interesting, actually. Yeah, it'd just be yeah. fantastic to see what the results are. But but then the insurance companies will get a hold of it and, and tell you how to talk to your patients, which will be horrible, you know. <laughs> hey, it's Dr. Josh. I want to let you know some exciting news I just found out. I was talking to the guys over at Racket Fit and On Base U, and it turns out that both those courses are now approved for 13 hours of continuing chiropractic education. So each course is approved for its own 13 hours. So if you're looking at what the next CEU course you want to do and you need the hours for your state, check out racketfit.com, racketfit.com, or onbaseu.com, onbase, the letter u.com, short for university, all right? If you're working in the population of, of tennis or you want to kind of get into that country club crowd, Doing the Racket Fit certification, I think, is absolutely fantastic. And if you are working in baseball, which I think is like the next frontier for a lot of the care that we provide, I think it's a fantastic group of people that are just kind of coming into the idea of assessments and performance measures and technology stats, then you definitely want to check out On Base U. I think these are both great courses. I've taken them. I teach them. I believe in them. So check them out. RacketFit.com and OnBaseU.com and email me if you have any questions. Thanks. So uh, speaking of time and experience, you are one person that I think a lot of clinicians can look to as somebody that has leveraged his time in a great way as far as the education you've done up to this point. Because I think you, you learned the FMS when you were still like a teenager, right? Like, yeah, out of high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it was by chance. It was by chance. <laughs> so, but was, you, you started in high school and you've kind of, uh, it, it influenced the way you, you kind of built your career. But here you are, you have 14 people back at home base and you have kind of leveraged systems and processes and assess, especially personnel to spend, you're spending what, like 15 days up there in Whistler? Yeah, we'll be, well, it's spring break for the kids. So I thought I'd uh, use this opportunity to yeah. come and enjoy. Uh, your kids are way too young to understand spring break. Do your, ki- your son's three. <laughs> it's for you. Like, let's be honest here. It's totally for dad. <laughs> Some quality time. <laughs> yeah. But you also teach a lot. So you're away, right? You travel a lot. You work with, uh, and you take courses all the time. So you're, and you don't have any more days in a year. So how are you able to take two weeks off and spend it up here in the mountains? I've got the best team back at home um, and you know what like the best team in my view is a is a team that's just like your family and uh you know we have different backgrounds at our clinic different mm-hmm. uh, skill sets from massage to physical therapy to osteopathy all these different but you know one thing that we don't have at our clinic is uh hierarchy you know we do not have hierarchy the osteopath's not important more important than the physical therapist that is more important than the Chinese medicine doctor, that is more important than the front desk uh, individuals. Hmm. Um, so there's no hierarchy. And I think when we went fishing for teammates, hmm. we made sure that we fish for people with similar attitudes, similar energy levels, similar outlook on life, people that you want us go and have a beer with. You know, we celebrate each other's success and uh, we're there for each other when, you know, life isn't so great. So I didn't go and see what skill set someone had because, you know, I'm a big believer that you can teach all that. And, you know, people have different strengths and weaknesses. Some people are amazing with their hands and others are amazing with their eyes and they can watch movement and, you know, clean up movement patterns. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't uh, mobilize a joint if their life depended on it. And that's okay. And that's, we have, we have different people for that. We have people at our clinic, multiple people that do uh, uh, dry needling. And some of them are better 
uh, than others. And we all know that if someone needs that modality as their first and foremost mm -hmm. or uh, a, lot, a large volume of it, well, they're going to go to the person that spends their day doing the, the needling. Uh, and vice versa. We have people that are interested in dealing with concussion management. And so we all cross over. So there's one to two to three people that can do the same job. Uh, and sometimes, you know, if I'm in Whistler enjoying some time with my family and the, the care of the client shouldn't depend on my vacation days. So we have other people on the team that will step in. And the nice thing is because we have same energy levels, because we have similar attitudes, it's a very smooth transition for, for our clients. It's just they're excited to see, you know, Bernard or Monja or Jessica or Tony or, and they get excited about some of our clinicians going away on, on holidays. And, you know, oh, that's so great. It's nice to see that, you know, they're, they're uh, taking care of family and they're enjoying themselves because mm -hmm. clients also know you know, we're going to come back recharged and reset. I was going to say they get, they get clinicians with full batteries, right? 100%. 100%. Yeah. And, and so you know, we, they, they also know that because of the system that we've set up, they're going to be taken care of, you know, mm -hmm. and I, and I always joke with clients too. And I, you know, it's totally a joke, but I said, look, if you're dying, you need to go to the hospital. You, you don't need to come to uh, the clinic anyways. And that's the worst case scenario. There's an emergency. You should go to emergency, not mm -hmm. our clinic. But, you know, if someone's suffering with, with pain and, you know, we, we have multiple people that will step in and deliver just as good of a job. They might not have the same skill sets for particular problems, but, you know, as clinicians, when someone's in panic mode and from a client standpoint, first and foremost, it's, a, it's about educating them and calming the system, diffusing the bomb. You know, telling them that they don't have a ticking time bomb inside them and putting them at ease and uh, just being a, a, a clinician to me is someone who cares and someone who is making it a safe environment for me. And it's about picking the right team. You know, you can have, you see this with sports all the time. You get a bunch of superstars on one team that don't know how to work together. Oh, there's nothing worse in the NBA than an over-talented team that I'm a Lakers fan. And multiple times in their history, they've had way more talent than they know what to do with and still don't have a ring for it, you know? Yeah. No, and you sure. look at Vegas, the Golden Knights played in the Stanley Cup playoff their first year. And it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't pure talent. Like, I mean, they got some good players, but most of the great players were protected. But I don't know what magic was in that locker room, but the coach certainly seemed to bring them together and be like, there's no reason this can't happen, you know? Like, there's no reason we can't do this, so. No, 100%. It kind of helped, too, that they all started in the same place. They all came to the team at the same time. Uh, okay. it, was, it was fresh and new for everybody. And, and honestly, like, we haven't – I can't think of too many of our teammates that had formal interviews, to be honest with you. It's, really? It's all been referral from someone who's been on the team. Can, I, can we dive in there real quick? Because, you know, when you have 14 people and 4,000 square feet and two weeks in Whistler, I think I'm sure there are people listening going, well, you know, it all went smooth and this guy doesn't know anything because it was too easy and stuff. And, um, oh, no, we've had, we've had some, some uh, turmoil. We've had some storms come through and some people <laughs> that, you know, what's interesting too, like you, you tighten things up a little bit and the bad apples fall out. The bad apples fall off for sure. And uh, in the past... Talk, talk we, to me about that a little bit because I, I want to share that with the listeners here. So what do you mean by that? People that's, uh, you know... you're speaking Canadian and we speak English here in America. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, so people on your team that, uh, 
you know, come to you and join the team with one mask on, one front. And as you start to work with them, as you start to spend some time with them, as you interact with their clients, and, you know, and as, as I've, we've been talking, it's a system and a system has feedback and you can't hide in, in the mm-hmm. system that we've created from the operations person who's constantly talking to our clients about how can we make your experience better? How, how is treatment going? How are you? And for some reason, clients think that, oh, if I'm talking to the operations guy or the front desk staff, but, you know, I'm not talking to the clinician that's, uh, you know, working with me. You know, they, they're, just, they're used to uh, interdisciplinary clinics not communicating with each other. A lot of these clinics that pop up that are interdisciplinary it's a bunch of clinicians that contribute to the same rent. That's it. <laughs> they just pay the bills. You know, you walk in and it says, oh, we have chiropractors and massage therapists and acupuncturists and physical therapists, all this stuff. But those people never talk to each other, never see each other's chart notes, never collaborate, never, you know. So when you, when you work in a system where everything is so integrated, you know, from, from chats in our rooms to, chart notes to phone calls to you know we we literally it's all like gloves off let's go like if you're struggling with something i'm here to help you because if i help you you know everyone gets helped the client gets benefits and then they go and say they don't say this particular clinician they say the team at fit to train this is what they do and this is how they take care of me and so when you have people that don't belong in your system the system naturally pushes them out it makes it so uncomfortable for them they they realize and they feel how out of place they are. And, you know, you start questioning them. When you started kind of shaking the bad apples out of the tree and they started getting uncomfortable, what did you see in them as somebody that works with them all day? So like what I'm asking is for those people who are listening and they're like, maybe I'm not sure about this person, you know, I'm not totally 100% sold on Steve. What actions did you start seeing that told you like and gave you the confidence to say, all right, we just got to admit like this person's not part of our family. Yeah. So, so, I mean, there's a lot of different examples from, uh, you know, you can always tell when a person's head is there or not. Right. Um, you know, they come in, uh, the, the communication's different, the interaction's different. They come in two minutes before their shift starts. They leave five minutes before their shift ends. Um, they're, you know, they're acting kind of like, I want to call it sneaky. I don't know if that's the Coy, right word. Like, exactly. Kind of holding back on their, yeah, you know, we've seen people like on their phones during uh, sessions with clients, like texting and checking things and and uh, and then to, you know, uh, clients coming and saying, hey, like, you know, what's the deal with so-and-so? They're, they're kind of different than everybody else. They don't have the same attitude. They don't have the same enthusiasm. Um, or, you know, they've been stupid enough to talk to clients about, you know, things they don't like at the clinic <laughs> and, you uh, uh, we've had people that uh, started businesses on the sides uh, while they're, you know, an employee under contract, and uh, they're so stupid that they gave the wrong phone number to uh, potential new clients, and these clients are calling and saying, "Oh, uh, is this so and so?" And we're like, "No, this is fit to train." Uh, you know, they're like, "Oh, but this is the number I have," and you know, we go on the great worldwide web and starts uh, t- punching in names and numbers and realizing that it's our address that's coming up. And, oh, one of our clinicians is actually doing business under <laughs> our roof. I mean, yeah. th- you know, that, that's when you need to check people's brains and, yeah. uh, you know, really question their, their, uh, 
if there's anything there. So, I mean, there's lots of examples and, and, you know, and, and people, and, and it's not all bad examples. Sometimes people come in and they do great work, but they just don't fit the, you know, they don't just fit well with the rest of the team. And, you know, they, they're not coming out for the social things. They're not uh, coming in early, staying late, uh, you know, and, and they kind of go, you know what, like, I love this team. You guys are doing a great job, but I just feel out of place. And they, you know, they bow out on their accords. And I respect that more than anything. They get uncomfortable, right? Like, I remember hearing a exactly. guy talking about um, Torino, John Torino, with the, and he was saying that when uh, Tony Dungy took over the Colts, it was like all the thugs got uncomfortable, you know? It just yeah. didn't fit anymore. It just didn't work, so. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's okay, you know, you, you just – you learn and uh, you, it's, I mean, as you said, failure is the best way you learn things. And it's not always smooth sailing, but you know, I think we don't talk about the negative times because there's so many positives, you know, literally when I think of my team at the clinic, that's my family. That's my extended family. You know, my, even my kids, my two year old and my four year old love coming to the clinic and they always ask to make sure certain individuals are there when they come in. And, uh, you know, I remember my daughter, somebody asked my daughter once, uh, what does your daddy do? And uh, she goes, my daddy and his friends fix people. They go to play every day. <laughs> and then they said, well, what does your mommy do? And she said, well, my mommy makes money. <laughs> so awesome. at the time she was two and a half. So even even kids, I mean, kids are the best people to, to pick up vibes and energies. And yeah. but honestly, Josh, I think the, the biggest key to a successful business is the individuals that you select to be a part of that team. And I remember way back in the day when I, when I was an employee, the guy who was in the, in the front front seat leading the way I, I just, for some reason, I just wanted to do everything and anything for him. I treated his mm -hmm. business as if it was my own. And I remember distinctly when he had to step aside and hire a new CEO, which was a great guy, great manager, but not a leader. Just that fire under me was gone. And that's when I decided to, uh, you know, kind of go and do my own thing. But if you hadn't stepped aside, I would have never started my, my own business because I, uh, I had a leader that was worth uh, following. Uh, I had no and, idea you ever worked for somebody. Yeah, for, uh, for just over a year. <laughs> wow. As a PT yeah. or what were you doing there? Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, as a PT. Man, I, this, straight out of school. And, I mean, I hadn't even graduated from school and he gave me a job. Mm -hmm. And he said, whenever you're done, whenever you get that license, uh, you've got a job here. And, uh, and well, you know, he was great at reading personalities and just, and he built an amazing team around him and, you know, and ended up as he was kind of stepping aside from the, you know, CEO role, mm -hmm. uh, I kind of smelled, smelled things are going in a different direction. And, uh, and they did, in fact, uh, he was, he was getting ready to sell the company. I, I kind of sensed that three were three to four years before it, it happens, but, but it's important to you, you know, when you get a bunch of team people on the same team that feel comfortable, feel at home, feel like they got their voices, uh, you know, if voices need to be heard. They're there. And, and honestly, like <laughs> whenever we go out with a, with a bunch of the guys from the team and then they make a joke and say, Oh, you know, uh, this, he's our boss. I kind of laugh and go, no, 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 I'm just responsible for uh, making sure the rent is paid and the, you know, uh, the bills are paid up so that we've got a roof over our, our head with, with lights on that we can work at. I don't, I don't, I've never <laughs> ever felt like a boss, and and you don't want people to come in and feel like 
you know, they're, they're being watched and they're, they're working on their someone's finger yeah. and yeah. Uh, you want now, them to express themselves, right? Now, let me ask you this. So I asked you how it went bad. How, when have you really seen like, what was your sign when it went good? So if people are like, Hey, I want like the people that you hired that are you're like, this is better than I ever could have imagined it. I've got the exact, I've got a perfect story for that. All right. Awesome. I was working out at, uh, working out one morning. Uh, and it, I usually, I play a lot of tennis. So it was, I was just at the, at the tennis club. Uh, that's where my gym is as well. And, uh, I was wearing a pair of shorts, workout shorts with our company logo on it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, doing my thing and you know how we move and doing our corrective exercise for a lot of people. Those are just out there and they don't, it's not the mainstream kind of workouts that people do. And this guy kept like looking at me and, you know, doing his thing and looking at me and doing his thing. And finally he came to me. He's like, man, like, you know, I saw you, uh, working out over there. That's, that's awesome. You know, you know, you remind me of this group in Vancouver. They're amazing. Yeah. Like, you know, my, uh, I go to them. My wife goes to them. My, uh, my friends go to them. Actually, my boss referred me to them. They're called fit to train. You should go see them. And as soon as he said that, I put my hand on the logo company logo. And I'm like, Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Tell me more about them. And what do you like about them? And this guy's just, first of oh. all, they got, they got energetic people. They're just so fun. And they all look like, you know, they're having a lot of fun working. And, and I just, you know, that was one of the best days of my career to kind of go, finally, you know, our team is not associated. They don't say Bernard, go see Bernard. They said the guys at Fit to Train. And that was the moment for me that like, okay. Because, you know, I, I started the business solo. And then uh, uh, the first hire that I had was actually, you know, him well, Monjeff, Monjeff mm -hmm. Peters, one of our actually SFMA instructors as well. So it was a two-man show. And then it became a three to four to five. And, and we got to a point where business, you know, businesses get to a point where you either got to grow or shrink. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was, you know, blessed and fortunate enough that my brother, who uh, had been consulting at the National Sports Institute in Malaysia as a strength coach for, for over 10 years, um, decided or agreed to, to come back and uh, steer the ship. I wasn't born or interested in being a businessman, even mm -hmm. though I have a business. I'm a clinician and a teacher. So he agreed to come and uh, deal with all the day-to-day -day, uh, administrative political, all the, you know, fun stuff that's associated with uh, the business from uh, the HR to uh, paying the bills, all that stuff. So he came over and uh, pretty much took over everything. And so that allowed me to be the clinician and the leader in the, in the trenches that I am. And, mm -hmm. and I get to lead the clinical side of things. Uh, and, you know, the, t the team was able to grow further and further from there. And that's when we moved from the 2,800 square feet to 4,000. But but it's, you know, it's times like that. that. That moment at that gym when the guy said, you should go see these guys because, you know, they, they do great work and you look like someone that can uh, resonate with them. That was uh, the highlight. <laughs> You're like, man, I hope I resonate with those people. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And, and, you know, honestly, like, I think our, our success is in the hands of our clients and how they trust us mm -hmm. and how they appreciate us. And you always... Uh, you always see everything they do. I mean, here's another story. It was my uh, birthday on March 8th. Happy birthday. Uh, thank you. One of my uh, clients uh, heard, of, heard about it, and uh, I was treating another client uh, who she knew, 
and uh, you know, was actually a hockey player with a team that I work with. And the client that I'm mentioning, uh, her husband is also on the on the same team. So there was a knock at my door, and the door opened, and there's two big balloons with uh, with the number of years that uh, <laughs> which we won't talk about. You know, my age pretty much with a bottle of wine, and they walked into the office while I'm treating somebody else. Of course, they knew, and it's just little things like that that uh, goes a long way. And, and and you only do that for family and friends, and so. Yeah. Every client that leaves, you know, it's welcome to the family and we look forward to seeing you again and uh, it's fun. It's, it's really fun. Yeah. Well, I had the pleasure of going out to uh, Edmonton with you. We went to an Oilers game and there was a previous client who was playing on the ice. I can't remember who he was playing, who he was playing for at that time, but... Yeah, was uh, with the Oilers. <laughs> yeah. But he was from, or you had worked with him in Vancouver and, and he still, he was legitimately excited to see you when he, you know, came when we saw him after the game. So yes. that was, uh, you know, it's like seeing an old friend. It was pretty impressive. So 100%, 100%. yeah. One thing that I will say, like the, uh, Banad's talking about like the hiring strategy that is not on paper. I think, uh, through the SFMA training we've done, we did that, uh, speakers course, or I don't know what you want to call it. The instructor training up at, at your place there, the old office in, in Vancouver. And what's interesting is when you have those, uh, for those people listening, when you have those opportunities or you instruct or teach or get workshops together, you have a really good ability to see like, what are people's natural energy levels? You know, are they excited about the subject they're talking about? And so if you're looking to hire people offering workshops or you, know, you talk to trainers in your area about, Hey, here's a, some strategies to work with clients with low back pain. You don't need to know how much they know. You just need to know, like, are they excited about it? If their eyes light up about it, that might be your next best hire. You know, because they're just like, this is awesome. I've always looked for somebody that had this information. I'm so glad I found you. Yeah. I mean, you can teach knowledge. You can't teach attitude, right? It's an old saying. Yeah. And, uh, you know, pluck those people that have, have the right attitude. And, and it's interesting. Like, when you get a bunch of people that are on the same wavelength, they start attracting more people on the same wavelength. Mm -hmm. You know, our latest uh, hire in massage therapy was a classmate of our exercise physiologist. They're both studying osteopathy. And, you know, from the first set minutes she walked into our clinic, we knew like she's just the right fit. And, you know, the, the forces of the universe just, you know, everything went the right way. And uh, it's amazing how that happens. And, you know, and, and teammates, family members, they have each other's back. And that's mm -hmm. how we feel. We feel very supported. It would be way less headache, way less, you know, a, a lot easier to just have an office for myself and just see my clients and do my teaching and all that stuff. But that's not what I want. I want a team. I want a team that uh, I get to uh, succeed with. I get to have some rough rides with and you know, that that's it. That's I'll, it. I'll vouch for that because what's the screen. I know the screensaver on your computer. It's been that same screensaver for eight years, 10 years, something yeah, like that. Not yeah, F1 form the Ferrari uh, racing. That's that pit crew. They, uh, their lives depend on each other and everybody knows what everybody else yeah. is doing and they're ready to step in and yeah, no good, good memory. Yeah. Good well, memory. I mean, it's like a picture of the car sitting there and the whole pit crew is working on it and you know, there's a huge team working together and it only works if everybody does their part excellently, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and, and there are two types of people in this world. There are people that want to do things for themselves. Mm -hmm. and there are people that want to do things for others. Um, Fortunately, my team is built with people that 
love to do things for others. That's where they get the satisfaction. You know, I always say to people, you know, when you give someone a birthday present, it's not for them, it's for you. Mm -hmm. Because watching them open that present and get excited, that's like, it's a self sense of achievement, accomplishment for you. That's why people, it's a selfish thing to do. Giving presents. I get all disappointed when your kids are playing with the box the toy came in, not the toy. You're like, I spent so much time thinking about that. You should always go and see like some of these parents, you know, for, for their kids, one year birthday, they get like 50 different things in boxes. And that kid is just excited to rip through the, through the, the wrapping paper. And, but the parents are doing that for themselves because then, you know, it's self, it's a self uh, fulfillment strategy. And, and, you know, if you can find people on your team that like to do things for others, including mm -hmm. their teammates and mm -hmm. clients and, um, then, I mean, there, there's no stopping you. That, that's a powerful freight train that's coming through. And, and, uh, you know, one of our clients, uh, was asked why, why do you like this team so much? And she said, because they care. And the person asking the question kind of went, uh, isn't that what every clinician should do? Should care. She's like, no, no, you don't understand. These guys care. And then she just left on that note. And that was, you know, that that's powerful. And that's, that's yeah. what you want to doesn't matter what kind of modalities you have, what color paint you have on the wall. When, at the end of the day, you know, it's the, it's the actors and the actresses on the stage that uh, make it a show. And that's, to me, that's the key to a successful business. Hey, it's Dr. Josh. And real quick, we'll get right back to that interview. But I definitely want to tell you all about our super conference. It's coming up on April 13th and 14th in Austin, Texas. Now, what is it and what makes it so awesome? Well, it's super. That's why it's called the super conference. And it's super because we've combined two of the greatest models in all of the clinic gym hybrid space. And that is the accelerator program. We are putting it live into an event and you're going over everything we cover in an accelerator live. Now, we can't go as in depth as the online training, but we're going to give you an overview on Saturday about how to run the business side of the operation. And then on Sunday, we have partnered with the CFSC, the Certified Functional Strength Coach Program, and they are teaching a course all about the exercise to do and the progressions and regressions to do with your clients. So you combine those two models, the best exercise program with the best business model, and you have an absolute super conference. So I hope you can join us April 13th and 14th in Austin, Texas. Go to our website, clinicgymhybrid.com, and look for the button that says Super Conference. Once again, clinicgymhybrid.com, and there's a button right at the top that says, tell me about the Super Conference. Click there, you got all the info. Thanks a lot. We'll get right back to that interview. I don't want to cut this short because I think you're just a wealth of information, but I, there was two other subjects I want to cover with you uh, before we move on because I think this has been fantastic. Uh, number one, You've taken a whole bevy of CEU courses, right? Continuing education from all different teachers. And can you make a recommendation for one or two courses that you think are great, but maybe people don't know as well? Like you seem to take ones, a couple that are kind of a little bit out there, a little, not the normal mainstream ones. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, a, a basic course in visceral manipulation, I think opens people's eyes to what's, what the potential is in terms of uh, looking at the human body from a, from a whole other layer and aspect and system. Uh, that's mm -hmm. actually, uh, you know, I did the Burrell Institute's basic, you know, level one course. And that's what led me to osteopathy because I knew visceral manipulation was part of a bigger system. And I'm not saying take a visceral course so you can treat viscerally, but to have an understanding, better understanding of what's available and what, uh, you know, some clinicians are capable of doing. And some of those cases where you're stumped and you're just, you're trying everything and the client's following your instruction, they're doing their homework, they're, 
you know, drinking their water and smoothie and napping and all that stuff, but it's not working. There might be another layer that you might, you might want to look at. So that would be one. Um, the other one is the power of acupuncture, like Chinese medicine acupuncture in terms of, uh, and how it complements what we do. You know, I had a very uh, bad knee injury in 2013 and I was upset for about five seconds and then I realized, oh man, like I get to sit in the driver's seat of an injury and feel what clients go through. And, and that particular injury, I tore everything in my left knee except my ACL for some reason. I mean, posterior lateral compartment from gastroc heads to MCL, lateral collateral, everything, full PCL. And I didn't take any anti-inflammatory medication. Um, I used acupuncture for the uh, pain, pain relief and uh, dealing with the, with the fluids and the uh, inflammation, all that stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, followed again our SFMA model and returned to exercise. And I, I was able to get an injury that takes, you know, 14 to uh, 16 months. I was back on skis in nine weeks. Uh, which is which is incredible, and so, so I've started to use that modality a lot with a lot of our clients as well. So you're saying, for people in this world, you'd suggest learning some of the Chinese med- the meridians and the the idea there, even if their skill set isn't one where they're going to use that or, or treat that, but just understanding where that map kind of how exactly. that map interacts with what we do. Exactly, and okay. that's why I have a Chinese medicine doctor on our team because. <laughs> You know, uh, she only had a job after you banged up your knee and you're like, well, listen, I don't have that ability. So come on in here. Congratulations. You're on the team now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just having a better understanding of, you know, like some of the greatest clinicians in the world are great quarterbacks Mm -hmm. and some of the greatest clinicians in the world know when things are out of their scope, but they Mm -hmm. know so much knowledge that they know where that client needs to be, who they need to see and what they need to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, master of all trades. You know, uh, what, how do they say that? Thing? Jack of all trades, Jack master, of all of trades master of none. You know, that's, yeah. you wanna... I think that's one mistake early on in, in uh, a lot of careers. Certainly mine was like that hesitancy or nervousness about referral. And like, I think it's a confidence issue because you think, oh, if I refer this person, I'll never see him again. But really, if you can be the number one referral source, man, n- number one, it builds your business because everybody refers back like way more because they appreciate it. And secondly, like, man, people appreciate somebody that they trust. They know, like, and trust saying, hey, Bernard, I think the best person for you would be, you know, Julie, this Chinese medicine doctor. They don't, they don't look down upon you for saying that. 100%. 100%. And, you know, what do we say in SFMA? The goal is to have the right diagnosis so that you can uh, make treatment more effective, shorten time. Like, people have lives. They got kids. Mm -hmm. They got work. They got, you know, all this stuff that. You know, we don't have time to dabble around and, you know, send them to the right experts at the right time and you get some, some magic. Awesome. So that, those are the two things I'd say, like, you know, visceral manipulations and uh, a better, a better understanding of Chinese medicine and how it can complement what we do. You were the first person to t- say, you know, you might know your dermatomes, but you need to know your viscera tomes as well, right? Exactly. As you're saying that, I'm in the back, like Googling, like, there's no such thing as viscera tomes and like. You know, multiple yeah. images pop up. All right, maybe, maybe he's onto something. But well, I mean, I think a lot of people learn. To explain it is, you know, how do you know you're having a heart attack? Chest yeah. pain, jaw pain, left, right? Pain down left, left arm. arm. Yeah. That's a visceral tone. And a lot of people know, like uh, the gallbladder has a referral pattern that you know often get is the 
that they report from the the pain, not from digestive issues. They report from musculoskeletal pain, but it doesn't seem to, you know, and every single major organ has that same referral, has a exactly. known referral pattern. Referral right? pattern, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. Awesome. Well, I think that is a fantastic way to end this. That's a great little clinical pearl. Bernard, once again, can you share your information if people want? Now, you're not really on social media that much. You're, uh, you're up in the mountains. Yeah. You know, like it's, I mean, I, I think I missed that boat for some reason, and hopefully I got to get back on the boats. But uh, <laughs> honestly, between uh, spending time with my clients and uh, you know doing that, and my kids are everything to me. Um, right. So family is... Uh, Family takes up a big part of my day and, uh, you know, I have great team members and other clinicians around that do the social media thing. But, uh, yeah, no, we're just, uh, again, fit to train.com. Uh, all our information is there. Uh, if they email info, info at fit to train, yeah. they can, somebody they can will answer that email and give them direction. hundred percent. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, if you want to know how to spell Bernard's name, it's in the show notes. Otherwise it, it's good luck. Uh, yeah, <laughs> good luck. So, all right. Well, Bernard, enjoy yourself up there in Whistler uh, and, and have fun with the kids. And uh, it's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for the time today. Well, thank you, Josh, for uh, having me on and you're doing a fantastic job and you know, we need, we need more podcasts like this. Uh, so thank you for, for your time. My pleasure. And on behalf of Bernard, this is Josh Satterley saying, go out there, maximize your license and live the life you dream of. Thanks everybody. Hey, 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 I hope you enjoyed that interview. Once again, I would like to encourage you to go over to onbaseu.com and racketfit.com. Those are both sports-specific screening tools that will help you with your clients that play baseball for onbaseu or tennis for racketfit.com. And both those courses are now approved for 13 hours of continuing education each. So you can work on those two courses this year, and they are fantastic ways to get your continuing education done while getting involved in sports that you love. So check them out, racketfit.com and onbase you, just onbase the letter u.com. See you there. <laughs>